I haven't been up here in a while to give a message. Jay called me a couple of weeks ago and, and asked if I would, and I already had the message on my heart, and it's just so encouraging. Such a bright light in my heart. And God would never let go. Uh, I had a, uh, a vision about, I don't know, six or eight months ago that was, I closed my eyes, and I was in this room, and, and God said, you know, this room is your heart. And all these lights up here are individual people shining in your heart. thought about that for a minute. And you know, these lower hanging ones were the closer relationships that I had. And the recessed ones were relationships, but more acquaintance type relationships. But still, you know, the, the presence of God in y'all's lives is, is a light in other people's hearts is what, what God was trying to, to tell me. And you know, I, I've thought about that a lot. And even at work, I see Randy and Mike all the time at work. And I, I can tell you that I am absolutely more conscious of my conversations, of, of what's going on inside me whenever I'm around those two guys. And it's, it's amazing to have them there. Just They don't even know they're that much of an encouragement probably, but they are. Just to be in, in the presence of, of what I know they carry at work. So, guys, I appreciate that from y'all. I've been listening to the uh, studies in Revelation from Randy on Wednesday nights. I don't know if y'all have heard that, but that is absolutely awesome. And I want to start with Revelation 4. Starting with verse 1, it says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. He's talking about, come where I'm going right now. Not the future, not the prophecy. It's come with me right now. And immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set, and one sat on the throne. So the way I pictured this whenever I was standing there and this just came to me, Jay has invited us into the Spirit. He's prepared us for the message to speak. So I want to continue to maintain that and be in that Spirit because this message may not make any sense if you don't hear it in that, in that way. John 8.12 Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. That goes absolutely in line with that vision that I have. You carry the light of life with you whenever you ask Jesus to be the light in you. And then uh, again in Matthew, uh, Matthew 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and give it light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God. Again, that just talks about that vision that I had. I said a minute ago that this message had been on my heart for a long time. I kept asking God, you know, what can I say about light of the world and salt of the earth that hasn't already been said? But that's all only words I heard in my head whenever I was praying and whenever I was seeking God for this message. But God, He slowed my mind down. And He said, it's in the journey. I was like, what does that mean? So I kind of put them together and just being the light of the world and salt of the earth, being, not doing, but being, is very much about living in the journey. The world tries to get us to go and do, go and do, go and do, finish this, finish that, hurry up, you know, get things done. That is very much the opposite of the Spirit. I've been reading a book about several people that lived in that journey. 
It's called The Hiding Place, and it's a biography of Corey Ten Boom. She was a survivor of some Nazi death camps. She uh, was arrested for trafficking Jews and keeping them hidden. And in the beginning of this book, she paints this beautiful picture of her dad, very much a man that lived in a journey. He was never concerned with building his business because he was a watchmaker, and he, he was never concerned with building it and making more money and trying to get more customers. You know, he even had a competitor that would come in to his shop to look at his prices and, and then go undercut him. And, you know, his daughters would say, well, why are you letting him in our shop? And he was like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. And then they said, but he undercuts us on his prices. And he's like, well, if they go to him, they'll save money. And then just walks away smiling, shaking his head. I don't know how he does it, you know. That's an amazing, amazing life to live, to to have that settled within your heart to, to do that. And he would even forget to send out bills. I mean, that wasn't even important to him, making, making money. So one of the things that I read in there that he loved to do was they had their shop. Their shop was attached to their house. Every morning, the entire family and everyone that worked in there would sit to read out of the Bible, even the workers. It wasn't just a family thing. It wasn't an everyday occurrence for everyone. And because he lived this journey and because he lived this joyful life, he, everyone in the town called him Opa, which was grandfather in Dutch. I mean, that overflow out of him just allowed him to be what he was to that town. And even when they were taken away, he was one of the ones arrested. And they were, everyone was screaming, Opa, Opa, you know, as they were taking him away. It was, it's an amazing story to read. I highly recommend it. But my life had been, hurry up, get it done. Get the kids to school, fix dinner, you know, just get them to bed, start the next day. Even at work, you have seen... A lot of the work Oxy's been doing around here, and it's we're so busy, it's crazy. We hardly take a moment to even just breathe, just to slow our mind down to absolute, just stop and breathe. So God highlighted this for me because He wanted me to slow down. He wanted me to take a moment to develop the relationships deeper with my children and with my wife. This journey that He's talking about, you know, and. In the Garden of Eden, they walked with God in His presence. And this is the way I pictured it. He, he's walking a straight line. And we're walking kind of a diagonal line in the Spirit. We're inching closer to Him. But He's never moving off of this straight line. Always the same as He was yesterday, today, and tomorrow. In the Garden, there's no finish line. There's nothing to finish, nothing to complete. No tasks to accomplish. Just walking and resting. And abiding. I lived in this journey when I was studying for this message. I took slower moments with my kids. So surprised at the fact that it didn't take any longer to get my kids ready for school. But it was the fact that my mind was slowed down enough to enjoy getting them ready for school. I enjoyed fixing them supper and and giving them nurse. So there was immediate fruit from that inside my house. One of the fruit of this is the fact that I had more patience and I had more kindness and I had more joy. And it was just amazing to just slow my focus down to enjoy that moment with, with my kids and with my wife. The relationships immediately became deeper. And this was directly proportional to being the light of the world because being that more joyful, more patient, more kind, more, you know, all the things that. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about and starting in verse 4, you know, the patience, the kindness, the, the puffed up and, and things like that. It just goes away 
And then the fruit of that is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. The salt, I believe, that Jesus is speaking of is a flavor enhancement. I, I, a lot of preachers talk about preserving, and that's, that's a good teaching as well. But this, this message is for the enhancement of flavor. It's, it's for making things better, just greater, just being able to, you know, the taste of things, just the way it, it hits your heart. And this, I'll go back to the Hiding Place book, the Corey Ten Boom sister, Betsy, she, as they were in that Nazi death camp, she absolutely lived this journey. She was never concerned with being released. You know, Corey talked about always, okay, it's going to be just a few more months until we're released. But this woman, she never talked about it, never mentioned it, never even cared. I want to read a piece of, of it uh, about Betsy. This is Corey talking. Betsy, I whispered when the snake, the snake was one of their guards, was far enough away. What can we do for these people? Afterward, I mean, after the war. Can't we, can we make a home for them and care for them and love them? And Betsy said, Corey, I pray every day that we will be allowed to do this, to show them that love is greater. And it wasn't until I was gathering twigs later in the morning that I realized that I had been thinking of the feeble-minded and Betsy of their persecutors. She wanted to love the guards, the persecutors, the ones who were torturing them. I even said in the book when Betsy died in that camp, that the lines on her face from the malnutrition and, and just the weariness of life had gone away. You know, this lifeless body still radiating a light out of her. It reminded me of Moses when he came down from the mountain. They couldn't even look at him because he was so bright. I mean, she was just still radiating the glory of God out of her. This book is absolutely amazing. Please read it. The only, absolute only way to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth is to live in that journey. Corey Ten Boom's father, you know, he enjoyed the process of fixing these watches and clocks. Very much a journey in just trying to, laying out all these intricate pieces to fix whatever was wrong with it. I want to challenge each of you to every day just to slow down, slow down your thinking, just try to live in a moment. I, I did this yesterday at the grocery store. There was a woman there, and she had a five-day-old baby with her, carrying her around. And I watched her for just a second, but in just that one few seconds, she leaned down and kissed her baby. And you could tell that it was the absolute most purest love that a mother could have for her child. And I finished getting my stuff, and she was ahead of me in the line to pay. And she was paying with a, a WIC card, but something was wrong with it, and it wouldn't work. So I looked around into the front of the line. I was like, can I pay for your stuff? She was like, oh, no, no, it's okay. The card, it'll work here in just a second. But you could tell, like, as soon as I said that, the relief just came upon her because she was getting, you know, tense and probably a little frustrated. And But as soon as someone had her, the relief came and the smile on her face. And she thanked me four or five times for off, just for offering. I mean, I was fully prepared. That's what I thought that the Lord wanted me to do. But all I needed to do was get her. All I needed to do was hold her. I mean, that was an amazing moment yesterday. My uh, kids, they are never living for the next moment. They are always in that journey, in that process. My daughter, she makes me laugh every day. I was putting her to bed, and I was probably kind of in a hurry one night. And I don't know if any of y'all, there's a kid's movie. It's called Zootopia. There's these animals in it that talk. And uh, one of the animals is a sloth, and they talk extremely slow. So I was putting my daughter to bed one night, and I 
kissed her on the forehead and said, all right, good night, sweetie. And, you know, and started to get up and she's all, I love you too. Just as slow as she could possibly say it. Just living in that absolute moment, just slowing me down for a second, and I just burst out laughing. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't hardly contain myself after she did that. I said, what are you, a sloth? And she started giggling, yeah. You know, I was like, man, you are an awesome little girl. Again, just, man, take those moments. They are important. Stop trying to finish something and just be. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you that you brought us here to hear a message of life and light. And we can make this place, this world, taste better to someone else. Just give relief to someone. Hold them, God. You set us up on a hill, Lord. And let our light shine. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.